Hello. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show, the big show, the most important and critically acclaimed podcast that is recorded in our vehicle today. We are in Southern Iowa. We are heading north, heading toward Des Moines. The Happenburg, actually, we're heading toward Indianola, which is a suburb of Des Moines. And uh, we're going to do something up there, and then we're going to go home. Has so, an excellent paved trail. Yes, they have an excellent paved trail that we're going to visit. We're going to visit that. We're going to do a couple other things in the Des Moines area. And on the way back, we're going to pick up some most excellent old-fashioned Anderson Erickson cottage cheese, which is not sold in our area. And every time we go to Iowa, I pick up a few of those because it's my favorite. And here's your hint. Do not become a fan favorite of things that are not sold in your area. This is one of the two that I'm a fan favorite of. One of the three, actually. You don't want to know how much Yingling beer we've got in the cool of our basement. You really don't. I don't want to and know I'm not how even much a big beer drinker, beer. but anyway. <laughs> but he, he likes it, so he buys it just like in case, Yingling but beer, we don't yes. actually drink that much. So. But yes, and uh, I don't <laughs> drink all that much. But you, the nearest place we can get to is get Yingling, and we're in Missouri, is Indiana. And hello, Indiana, what is up with that tax rate on your gasoline? Are you people nuts? Just letting you know, that is insane. I'm glad my car had enough gas to get to Ohio where I could get a reasonable price on my gas. My goodness, people. Have you got, have you lost your minds? That's an insane rate of amount of tax on gases. But anyway, we're not here to talk about the gas rate in, or the gas tax rate in Indiana. We are That's, not. Although, heavens. Well, oh, that's, that's a really big, a lot. Of, <laughs> I'm glad there was nothing but nothing hay in but that, hay in that. pile of. Stuff we run over. Anyway, I'm sorry. We have to imagine what it sounds like to you at home. This is kind of like a stream of conscious weirdness. But we're actually we actually have a subject. Yeah, today. The, uh, I'm gonna let her take it away because I'm babbling. We've talked before about uh, how to keep pests out of your garden, but a point we hadn't made before that we thought you should know because I have learned it the hard way with several different species of animals is the amazing rapidity with which the hordes of pests can appear seemingly out of nowhere and clean out your entire crop the very night before you intended to harvest said crop. Oh, a couple of deer crossing nice the road. A couple of nice bucks. What are those Ooh, really bucks? nice bucks. I mean... One of those is probably chasing the other one off as females. Yeah. My gosh, those are nice bucks. Look at those. Yeah. Wow, they're going to be nice. I mean... For those of you who are buck hunters, each of those was, you know, at least twelve points growing out. Of course, we're still in the we're still in the in the, 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 the velvet's stages. just starting the, to dry up. Yeah, the velvet's just starting to dry up. Both of those were at least twelves, and both of them had the really wide, wide racks that score out really well. Somebody's growing some big bucks around here. Let me tell you what. Anyway, because go right that's ahead. where the tall corn grows. Yeah, those things that score, if, you're, <laughs> if you care about such things as how your buck scores, those would be good and ones. if you live where we live, lots of people care. Yes. And here's the thing. Uh, you may not have ever thought about it before. Why do plants make fruits in the first place? And why are the fruits so unappealing until they ripen? Well, it's a plot. The uh, fruit part is a bribe to get animals to come and take the fruit, carry it away, eat the fleshy part of the fruit. The seed inside is much less appealing. Most of the animals will leave the seed alone. 
it'll either come out in the feces, depositing it with a nice pile of fertilizer of its own to grow with, or things like squirrels will eat around a, a peach seed because it's not worth chewing into for the prize inside and drop it. It's a way for the plant to disperse its offspring further away from itself. It's hard to you can't just send your kids off to college when you're a plant and everything's got to grow where it's planted for best survival of the species. It works best if the seeds get dispersed. And this is a plot to get seeds dispersed. A much nicer plot than these stickers that just are made to stick to animal fur and fall off eventually somewhere else. So the idea is the fruit is unappealing while the seed is maturing and the plant is providing nutrition to the embryo and the seed. Once the plant is done making the seed, it'll let the fruit ripen up to make it appealing so it can get dispersed. So the fruits are designed to suddenly become appealing in color and scent right about the time that the seed is ready to be dispersed. We know that, and we wait till the fruit is ripe, and we pick it, and we eat it, and it's delicious. But the danged other pests know that, too. The animal pests know that, too. And what they're doing is they're leaving it be while it's unappealing. <laughs> and as soon as it goes ripe, they're like, oh, it's ripe, time to eat. And they descend and mass and eat massive amounts of the stuff. And what that can do, what it has done to me several times in the past, is you're watching the crop develop all summer long, and you're like, yeah, it's almost ready. Tomorrow, I'm going to harvest those suckers. Tomorrow, and you wake up to a wasteland. Are going to die. There's <laughs> a nice looking little hen, turkey. Yeah. It's a very wildlife day here in southern Iowa. I know it's, they're getting disturbed because, uh, unlike, or like North Missouri, the, the corn crop failed here too, and so they're cutting the corn for silage. And whenever you're cutting crop, you know, that's where the, the, the animals live in the crops, so they're getting disturbed. And uh, so you just have to watch out for wildlife this time of year. Yeah. And, yeah, it's, uh, it's amazing how fast that uh, you can lose a crop. And it's just literally overnight you can lose a crop. Uh, recently on of- another podcast, which you may have heard or may not have, depending on the order that these come out in, uh, we told the squirrel story. So why don't you retell the squirrel story just so that everybody knows it. So we have a peach tree. And it's a young peach tree. And this year was hard on peaches because we had a late hard frost but it's a good peach tree a few a few blossoms managed to get through i the peach tree had maybe 15 peaches developing this year uh, two dozen something like that and i'd already picked a few of the early ones and eaten them because some ripen and fall off earlier than others and i snag them up and eat them but i was looking at that tree and there were still a dozen peaches on it and i'm going they're almost ready. Next day or two, I'm going to come and and pick them all and uh, preserve the ones I can't eat fast enough. You're right? No. And uh, I went out. You're right. uh, No. We're at a cross section. After this vehicle. There you go. It's kind of a bad view out. Okay, thank you. Yes, like we are in our car. We are actually literally driving in our car, so you figure that out, I'm sure, but. So... 8 o'clock in the morning, I'm out picking my tomatoes and things like that. I check on my peach tree. There's a dozen peaches on it. I'm like, tomorrow or the next day, I'm picking these guys. Comes to mid-afternoon. 
Salty's going somewhere, driving around the back of the house to get something. I don't even remember where I was going. I may have been driving over to the gym, but I'm not sure. And he sees a squirrel making off with one of my peaches, a tree rat. Yeah, and I was like, uh, yeah, maybe I better. So I go around to look at it, take a good look at the tree, which had a bunch of peaches on it before. And there's not that many peaches left. And I'm, so I, I literally, she's, I, she's going for a walk. I was out in the garden. I was working in the well, other No, garden. you were going for a walk. Okay. You were going for a walk. Okay. And so I kind of drove around looking for you a little bit because I couldn't figure out where in the world you went. But you went back in the house. To I don't know, pick up some. I don't know what you were doing back in the house. But So you went back in the house even though I thought you were. Yeah. So I called her. And I, you, normally you don't call somebody who's 50 feet away from you. But I didn't know where she was. Well, okay. Normally, if you're our age, you don't do that. It's apparently a thing to text people who are sitting right next to you for some of you people. I don't get that. But, you know, to each their own. And so I call her and I say, hey, if you want your peaches, you really better go out there and get them now. Because, I mean, these squirrels are depopulating your tree. And so, I was like, how bad can it be? I checked them this morning. But I had 12 peaches that morning. I was down to what, three, four? Four. Four and a half. peaches left. And, yeah, he, he scared the one that was making off with my peach, and it dropped it with only a few uh, squirrel bite marks in it, which I cut off and <laughs> ate the rest of it. Because I am, by golly, not putting that in the compost pile for the squirrel to come raid and get the rest of the peach. No. I will deny you just to be that way at this point. So, so in five hours, they stole nine peaches off and we don't have a yard full of squirrels we have like two yeah now what does this mean it means that we need a remediation and you all just shoot the things well i literally live in town shooting the things is not really an option our options i mean because it's like against the law to shoot them and we always land somewhere yeah and they, even if they go straight through the squirrel, they're going to land somewhere. Even with an air gun, and I did check, even with an air gun, it is illegal to shoot them in town. Even if you have a hunting permit, it's illegal to hunt in town. So that leaves us, us options of uh, live trapping them, because you can't put an actual... Uh, kill trap in out in your yard. I mean, you just can't do that. So we can live trap them. We're not going to kill the neighbor's cats. We're not going to kill the neighbor's cats. I mean, come on. By putting on a live trap. We're not going to kill the neighbor's dog or you know, whatever else happens. Potentially putting up a barrier like a net around the whole tree. Right. That's a Or probably both. I mean, we're going to get some live traps. This is part of our prepping that we don't have right now. It's a whole... I want to. I'm going to buy three or four live traps, well, at least a couple of decent sized live traps, because we've also got some other pests that we're we're kind of letting live because they're not that big of a pest. We're kind of letting. We've got a whistle pig in our area. That's a, a groundhog. For oh, oh, sorry, that's yeah, a groundhog. That's how that's how us Missourians say groundhog is a whistle pig. We got a whistle pig in our area, and it uh, definitely. It's okay now because it's not tearing up our garden, but I would live trap that thing and get it out of there if it was actually tearing stuff up. It lives underneath our shed. And, you know, there's other pests, rabbits. Yeah. This uh, is, yeah. 
So the, yeah, the trick is to not only have the methods to protect, but also to apply the protection before the actual crop gets right. I remember my first blackberry year. I planted the blackberries one year, and of course I didn't get anything the first year. You don't. But the next year I was actually going to have some blackberries ready. She's and so I was excited. excited. She's so excited. Because they looked delicious, but they weren't quite ripe. And we went away for a weekend trip. And we came back, and the blackberries had been totally obliterated by birds. We're not talking decimated. We're talking obliterated. There's a big difference. Yeah, they left me about 10% instead of taking 10%. That's an aside. Decimated means to lose 10%. Most people don't realize what decimated means, but it is to lose 10%. It's not like, oh, truths were decimated. Well, yes, but that's not that bad. I mean, 10% is bad, but it's not, you know, like. Yeah, if the Roman legions uh, broke and ran when they weren't supposed to, they would have to draw lots, and every tenth man was killed, decimated. Yeah. So, there you go. I, and I remember when I was a kid, the sweet corn would be this way. Because raccoons, oh, raccoons. guys, raccoons are particularly evil pests. Because the sweet corn was growing, we were going to go, of course, and harvest it the next day, because we noticed it was ripe, too. But when we went out there, the entire sweet corn <laughs> crop had been attacked by raccoons. Because what raccoons will do is they grab an ear of sweet corn, they pull it down, take two bites, say, yeah, that, that ear was pretty tasty. They leave that one, go to the next plant, pull it down, open the ear, take two bites. Hey, that one's not bad either, but maybe the next one's a little better. They actually pull down and trash entire rows of corn to eat the equivalent of a single ear. So, yeah, we made do. We went and picked up after the raccoons, and we cut off the places where the raccoons had bitten, and we saved the rest of the corn. But that's not the best way to keep the crop. Now, here's a hint. If you ever have to live trap a raccoon, I can tell you what to bait that trap with. There's no question about it. Raccoons are smart, though, so oh. live trapping them is going to be really difficult. But the way to do it... They have an Achilles heel. They do. They have they have a soft spot that you know where to poke. They have a soft, white, cushiony spot. <laughs> you know, they you love get, marshmallows you like you nobody's business. It's marshmallows. Man, those guys love marshmallows. They go nuts over marshmallows. But we hadn't seen any sign of a raccoon around there in particular all summer long. But in one night, three whole rows of sweet corn were destroyed by it. In fact, uh, Burris Seed Company used to give out as a uh, kind of an advertisement for their seed corn. Uh, they they purchased the popcorn. I mean, the the, the uh, sweet corn seed. They they didn't grow it themselves, but they purchased it. But they used to give out little packages of Burris. Raccoon's Choice Sweet Corn. So, I mean, this is a well-known thing. Raccoons and Sweet Corn. And then you have the other kind of pests, which are just, they're not the the warm, furry, somewhat cute if they weren't, like, from the devil. Like, squirrels are just from the devil. Yeah. Yeah. They're cute. Bunnies, cute, but They're only cute, so you won't kill them on first sight. Yeah. You have to get um, to know them first, then you want to kill them. Squash bugs are not cute. No. Grasshoppers are not cute. But they can descend in entire hordes. And, and their reproduction is timed to make the horde right at the time when the crop's going to be ripe. 
So it's the whole horde of locust thing. That's a real thing, and it still happens, especially in places like Africa. Clouds that darken the sky of insects will descend on fields, eat entire fields clean, and ruin whole crops. It happened in America during the Dust Bowl, for example. They had some uh, grasshopper plagues in some places. So a disaster of biblical proportions, literally, if you had intended on eating off that crop. The main story here is you, just because you don't see the pests all season long doesn't mean you can rest easy about your crop being protected from them. If you need that food, you have to have a way to protect that food uh, at, at right at the time, and you put the protections up right before it's going to be ripe. Because so, the animals tend to think things are ready about a day before humans think things are ready, in my experience. So what does this mean? It means that us, as people who are preppers, need to make preparations because if the stuff had hit the fan and we were depending on this food, if this was important, not just nice to have, but important food for us, I mean, this is, this is part of what we were surviving on, we need to be prepared to protect that crop. We need to have a wrap for our peach tree to keep the squirrels off of it. We need to have live traps to get rid of the squirrels. Bird netting now, for if, if, berries and gardens. If the stuff had hit the fan, I really don't care what the what the laws are. I'm popping those squirrels with that air gun. Yeah, you know but there are a lot. Of the stew. Not that there's that much meat on a squirrel anyway, mm -hmm. but... Actually, the squirrels, I don't know whether they'd go on the stew or not. They might be end up dog food for... For the dog. We don't have a dog, but the neighbor does. Um, rabbits squirrels would, that end rabbits up in the stew. In stew. Hmm? Rabbits go in the stew. Squirrels. I'm going to do a post on, on why squirrels are not worth shooting to eat. Um, it takes more calories to shoot them than it does and prepare them than you'll get out of them. I have a, a disagreement of opinion with Salty on this one. And because they're also the, filthy the, animals. And they have, you know, they have disease possibilities with them. It's true for rabbits, too. Rabbits yes, have less so. You just got to make sure that the rabbit bones don't poke you. That's a big deal, too. I'm not just kidding. That I've though. got a post on tularemia. Yeah, you don't want tularemia. On 3BY. You really don't. On that. But rabbits, at least, you know, there's like four times the meat in a rabbit than there is a squirrel. But getting rid of the pests ahead of time will help. But you often don't know about them or don't really see them until they're ready to come raid your crop. Right, so that's where we get the protective netting. Yeah. That's where we get the, uh, well, the raised, actually, the raised beds in itself is a huge protector. It does help. That stops turtles, for example. Yeah, turtles love melons. Turtles, oh, oh my gosh, turtles can, how many turtle nibbled <laughs> melons did your mom have to deal with in oh, her life? Oh, yeah. I, I know exactly what to do with turtle nibbled melons, but they don't eat them until they're ripe, so you just take them and you cut out the little piece the turtle had. And I remember last, was it last year, two years ago, a uh, guy was just like, oh, this is a beautiful melon, but I can't, I can't really sell it because it's got a turtle and taking a chunk out of it. We're like, yeah, I'll it. take it. I'll take it. <laughs> I give know how to eat. <laughs> you know what to do with those. I know how to eat turtle, uh, turtle, uh, shared melons so the raised beds help uh fencing the garden to start with helps a lot but there are some things that just 
tur- uh, squirrels climb over things right. awfully well. And birds descending from the sky. Uh, raccoons can really tear stuff up and are amazingly clever. You can't trust them to keep out of gates and stuff. They'll open gates. Yeah. They're, they're well, we don't really SOBs. have raccoon problems in town. We don't, but, but Weasley could. Because we actually have a whistle pig, we could certainly have raccoons, same habitat. But here's the other thing, okay? We go to bed at night because we have to get to work in the morning. If I depended upon this stuff for my livelihood, I would be patrolling the garden at night with a pest elimination firearm. Or we would have a good dog or two out there or we would have patrolling dog for us. Dogs are very good at that. If they are, some dogs are very good at that. Let me put it that way. Yeah. Some cats are pretty good at that. But dogs tend to be better because they'll make noise even when it's something that they can't stop. That is something, because of the way our yard has trees and stuff like that, it becomes very difficult to fence. But I'm considering doing a kind of a weird-looking fence where we fence on the inside of our trees, not the whole outside of the yard. Um, for many reasons. One of the one of the best parts of which is we could get let our dog get a dog and let it run. Or get yeah. a couple dogs and let them run. And that would stop a lot of the pests right there. But of course then you have to feed the dogs, so but then you have to feed the dogs. Well, yeah, but dogs are, you know, if you don't get huge dogs, that's not that big a deal. Terriers are that's a terrier job. Rat terriers. Terriers tend to be good at that sort of thing. So, have the ability to defend it ahead of time and uh, put the protections up before the crop actually gets ripe, because they can wipe you out very quickly if you don't. Uh, I bought extra netting, bird netting, which is also good for keeping out deer, because the deer could rip it up, but it's kind of hard to get a hold of, and they don't really want to mess with it. It's not um, worth the effort to. I've got a couple of extra packages of that I bought at the end of season sale. It's a very nice time of year to pick it up as in the fall when people are clearing out all their garden stuff because you can get it for pennies on the dollar. I bought a couple extra packages of that, and I stuck them back on the back porch because they don't care about temperature control. And right now, I don't fence. I don't want to put bird netting over the berries and things until the crop is almost ripe. Because I tried that the second year I was going to have a berry crop. I put the the netting up early, and it worked. But I found that all the vines grew up through the netting, and it spoiled the netting. So I couldn't reuse the netting very effectively, and I had little chunks of it left sitting on the vines for years that I couldn't really get off effectively. Yeah, that's... This uh, guy is stupid. We have a stupid driver. He's passing us on an area, on a downhill area with oncoming traffic when we've got a passing zone coming up, which has, it's just stupid. Anyway. Yeah. This is the kind of guys who die in car wrecks. So that's a prep that I've got set aside, and if I actually needed the berry crop, I'd put it out. I haven't been using it in recent years because I've got more berries than I need anyway. And in those situations, I don't mind sharing with the birds. But if I, that was going to be my whole fruit supply for the winter and I had to preserve as much of it as possible, I would, by golly, be getting that netting out there. So, 
They will strike hard and fast. When you least expect it. And they know when it's yummy. They know when it's ripe. And that's when they'll hit. And it's really, totally, completely annoying. So, now you know. And at least you have a chance to protect your stuff appropriately. I. We're going to call it a day on this one, and we'll talk to you next podcast.